This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. In a five, four, three, two, one. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of A Genius Brain. I am one of your hosts, Joe Jitsukawa. And I'm David So. And today we have some special talks. But before I get into that, I want to talk about something even more important. Have you ever kicked anybody in the middle of your sleep? No. <laughs> I fucking kicked the shit out of my dog this morning. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude, I had this dream. So. (laughs) Dude, I fucking went. Like, I fucking. Man, I felt so bad. Like, I fucking sidekicked the shit out of my dog. So, like, um, in my dream, me and Jess, it was like post-apocalyptic kind Uh of world. We were in a garage. And then um, I jumped on top of a car to, like. To get to the second level, like I had to grab like like the um, the stairs were broken, so I had to like jump on a car, and from a car I had to like jump on like do some parkour shit. And she grabbed on my leg, and then she started talking some shit, and I'm all like, "Let go!" Uh-huh. And then she's like, she's like, um, she's like, "Why don't you tell me that you had rations in your pocket?" And I'm like, "Bitch, I was gonna share that shit with you." <laughs> and then and then she kept tugging on my leg and uh-huh. i was like i can't get to the other side like and then she's like well i can't jump that thing and i'm like well let me go and i'll and i'll and i'll lift you up right <laughs> and then and then i kicked i kicked down like you know when someone's oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm just like you're just trying to kick down like that and i went boom and i woke up and both of my dog my dog went hang and she jumped off the bed <laughs> and both of my dogs exploded she didn't wake up though and both of my dogs jumped off and i was like I'm so fucking sorry, dude. You just kicked the shit out of him? Yeah. We were fucking Mario this morning. You know why I was actually late today? So I was going to leave on time. But turns out, Mario, the moment she wakes up, she goes, I had a terrible dream last night. And I'm like, mm, about what? She was about you. And I'm like, was she mad at you? <laughs> was it one of those dreams? Yeah. Oh, man. So she woke up mad at me. Not from what I've done in real life, but what I did in the dream. And she was so upset. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? Yo, this is the second time you got mad at me about having a dream about me, dude. And so her dream was that I went into her. Look, it's not even, even in the dream, it's not a big deal. In her dream, I went into her bathroom. Yeah. I took a huge fucking shit and I messed it up. And I said to her, she goes, it's not a big deal. And from that, she was screaming at me in the dream saying it is a big deal that I put shit all over her toilet. And she's like, if you're not going to clean it up, I'm going to leave you. And I was like, whatever, go she ahead. You're so disgusting. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Like, and then she got mad at me this morning because I said, well, it's not even if it's in the dream, it's not a big deal even in the dream. Oh, no. Yeah. And then she's like, I, she that's goes, probably what pissed her off even more. Oh, for sure. But I was like, wait, how, why would you? So you, you're telling me that in your dream, you were going to leave me because I left a fucking street mark in your toilet. That's all it takes. 
What the fuck, man? She acts like you cheated on her. Yeah, like dude. Oh, man. Jess was mad at me because um, she she had a dream that I fell in love with this Indian woman. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I know, right? Like, it's it's just bizarre. She was like, yeah, she was. you were just madly in love with this Indian girl. And then, and then, like, you cheated on me with her. And I'm like, well, first of all, like, well, Indian girls are pretty. Yeah. I just don't know many Indians. Yeah. So I don't know. Where did I find her? Yeah. Like, maybe I was at an Indian restaurant. <laughs> That's the only way you can look at me. I know, right? Like, girl. I got, no, like, they have regular jobs I, and shit, I, I too, thought but. about this, too. Like, if I had, because I've had dreams about other women before. Yeah. But in the dream. I'm not with Mariel. I'm single. Yeah. It's like you're back in time or something. Yeah, like, you're, it's a different life. Because I don't think I should feel guilty about that because in the dream itself, I'm I'm by myself. Like she doesn't exist. So that's not really cheating. You know what I think um, dreams are? It's when you are in a different dimension. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how, do you know the parallel world? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So, but like you're there, you're visiting there. You know, I, <laughs> dude, when I, when I thought about that shit, that's fucking crazy because I have, I just talked about this on a previous podcast too, where I, I catalog all these weird dreams that I've had. So when she had that dream, I had a fucking weird dream where um, it was about a girl and I don't remember who the girl is, but when I... Essentially, like I, I walked up this winding staircase into like one of those empty type of warehouses. Yeah. But when I walked up the winding staircase and I got into this room, it was kind of it, it looked like one of those reformed LA lofts. Oh. And in those LA lofts, like all the all the stuff is like super modern. And then I lay on this uh, this L couch, and on the L couch, I'm laying down, and I look to my left, and there's a girl next to me, and then she's like very friendly with me, and she kind of seemed like somebody I knew, but. It's one of those things that I feel like it's probably somebody that I saw in passing. Yeah. And And your subconscious remembered. Remembered it. So I'm looking at this Asian girl. She's very pretty. Mm -hmm. And she looks over at me and then we're just talking and and, and whatever. And then all of a sudden she leans over and she just kisses me. And I'm like, the fuck? Yeah, this is kind of weird. But, you know, I'm not with Mariel in the street. Like, I'm just a single dude. Like, I'm just traveling around LA. Yeah. And then she starts kissing me and then she starts cuddling up next to me and I'm like cuddling with her. And then next thing you know, the dream flips and then we're in that LA loft and then I'm taking photos of her. I'm a photographer. Yeah. And I'm taking photos of her. And then as after I take photos of her, I, I go through my computer to look at the photos and every photo that I have of her, she doesn't have a face. Oh, yeah. Scary. Like, yeah. And I'm looking through the photos and where the fuck, what, what the fuck is her face? Where'd her face go? Yeah. So I'm looking through all the photos and her face is blank and it's like kind of swirled and smeared like, like an oil painting. It's like that, uh, that, that face filter. Yeah. Like Snapchat where yeah. it fucking warps it. Yeah. So I was like looking at her photos. I was like, I can't find her face. And I look up and she has no face. And then, oh. I, wake, and then I wake up. It's <laughs> like Slender Man and shit. Dude, it was fucking creepy. That that's sucks. what I was dreaming about. And she was over here dreaming that I shit in her toilet. Oh. Yeah. That's her nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> that you lift a caca streak on the fucking <laughs> toilet, dude. That's a nightmare. I had a real nightmare. She didn't. Damn. She well, said to a her, that's thing. a nightmare. Her, her nightmare is me fucking leaving Dookie. And her toilet. nightmare can come true. <laughs> I think that's what got her because it felt too real. Because I did leave a streak stain in her toilet once and then she got <laughs> mad. But then I cleaned it after. I got I got the thing and I cleaned How it. How could she get mad at something like that? And why would you break up with me before? That's not, that's the part I didn't get. Like, why break up with me because of it? Not a big deal. Yeah. Not a big deal. What do you mean it's not a big deal? She's like, I, she said, in the dream, I said, I'm leaving. And you were okay with it. I was like, that sounds pretty real. It, <laughs> over a caca streak? Yeah. If you started screaming at me because I left a streak stain in your toilet, I'd definitely leave. What the hell? What a funny girl. She cracks me. She's fucking funny, dude. That's dope. She's such a weirdo, dude. Okay. The topic of today. Oh, yeah. That's right. The topic of today is Mr. Jesse. Smollett. You know, like I didn't even 
look into the original Jesse Smollett thing um, until recently, mm. just because I, well, I heard enough about it from other people and then a couple of uh, like just looking through some articles. Yeah, and so the premise of it is that he, prior to him being caught for this, he did a setup where he said, "Where was he at? What what state or what city? Chicago. Uh, Chicago. He was yeah. in Chicago, and yeah. he said that." Uh, a couple of dudes in MAGA hats came up to him. They threw some kind of chemical on him, put yeah. a deuce on his head, and said a bunch of like racial like, epithets. This is MAGA country or some shit like that. And Which then, already off the bat yeah. sounds really suspicious. Yeah, it sounds really suspicious. Like I, it's, it sounds like out of a movie. Yeah, like like they like th- this is like 1970, and they beat up a black guy, and they're like. This is our town, you know, like, get out of here. Yeah. It's like, because it's, first of all, it's Chicago. So, I mean, if this was like Indiana or maybe the border of Illinois, I get it. But like, I don't know. Yo, you know um, who actually was skeptical about it first before I, before it was revealed that something happened? Fucking Tim. Tim was like. Really? Yeah. Tim was like, yo, this, he goes like, I want to be for this guy, but everything sounds too convenient. Like, it sounds weird. You, you know yeah. what I mean? And so Tim always had like a weird feeling about it. And yeah. the next thing you know, there's evidence. Yeah. Point, and Tim's like, I fucking told you. Did Damn, you see that he's shit? He's a good detective. Yeah, he just had like a weird gut feeling about yeah. it. I think my weird gut feeling, well, he said he was going to a subway at midnight. No black, no black people eat subway like that. If he said Popeyes. <laughs> I was like, I've never seen a single black person at midnight eat a subway. Yeah, that's, that a, that's a white truck driver <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> if, like, if it was a white truck driver going to subway <laughs> in the mid- middle of the night, it's like, all I'm right. Like, subway for i don't think so that's dude. true if i if it was like an asian guy going to subway nah yeah. fall restaurant yeah fall, fall restaurant <laughs> fucking asian bistro yeah. i was like mm, hong know. kong cafe yeah. <laughs> denny's if they're desperate yeah. you know <laughs> but they 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 found out through they did the, the the police department did investigative work and things just weren't adding up yeah right so they well he he's he also sent like he got this letter Oh, that's right. The letter. The letter that was like, like out of the movies, like a, like a serial killer magazine cut out. Like, you know, I forgot what it said. And then they had some kind of powder, which was like a crushed up Tylenol. So, you know, it was like anthrax threat, whatever. It's like somebody who gets caught in a lie. So they just keep lying even more. I am a victim of his. Yeah. So it's like, he goes, okay, well, I did this. So maybe I should make a fake letter. Cut out letters, just like in Val Kilmer in that fucking bad Batman movie. Yeah. Really that shit. It's like, what the fuck is this guy doing, dude? Doesn't make any sense. And why is he a target? Like, like are white supremacists watching fucking Empire? And they're oh, like, exactly. we're getting that motherfucker right there. You yeah. know, like, like I, I would assume that a, a black politician or mm-hmm. fucking... I don't know, Al Sharpton or, you know, one of those guys, the black rights, you know, yeah, like leaders is, or something. Yeah, Is he like a huge voice and representation for the black community? Does, does he, is he like outspoken about that shit? So why yeah. would he be singled out out of everybody? Yeah. That know? was kind of weird. Yeah. Because I would, I would probably trust like a, just a random black dude off the street yeah. more than like a, <laughs> a, a, a guy that's like in a black He's like super content. Cl- yeah, you he's, know? First of all, he's like super clean cut. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't, 
he's like super clean cut. He's light skinned Like yeah. I, I think he would be. He wouldn't be the prime suspect for something like that. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. It just seems a little I, weird. I, I just think they wouldn't know who he is. Yeah, because I didn't know who he was. Yeah. Like I, I think Empire is a relatively big show, but I, I I think in our group of friends too, and even even like my black friends, like they know of Empire, but they didn't know. So who. it's not just the urban art. Maybe it's a southern. Like I don't know. Like maybe just in LA, it's not that big or something. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, because I just I didn't know anything about the dude until like it all this all came out. Yeah, like who the fuck is Jesse Smollett? I yeah. didn't know. Yeah, it's not it's not relevant to me, but it's pretty nuts how everything kind of played out. Yeah, because whenever racial shit does go down like that, though, you you go oh again. Yeah, like you don't you don't doubt it. You don't doubt that it's not real. Yeah, like for me, I don't. I I believe that it was happening. I was like, oh, poor guy. Yeah. Well, he kind of played it too big. That's like me saying like, okay, well, last night I went to a Burger King and two white people in MAGA hats uh, picked me up by my ankles and they they Japanese bound my feet and told me to walk with the teacup in my head. <laughs> That's what this sounds like. They, they forced me to fucking eat my own dog and yeah. shit, you know? Like, like, it's pretty extreme, right? Yeah, it's like really fucking extreme. I'm like, okay. Like, he got something out of a history book and yeah. then did that. And I mean, there is some real racism out there yeah. you know some real shit like um you know i was listening to this one podcast by uh siggy jackson because i was like listening to the whole uh michael jackson thing right mm-hmm. and right here in california they were one of the first black families to move into encino oh yeah and then they you know had people tell them like what are you doing here n-word yeah. like and then yell at them and be nasty and then like all of their white neighbors that were cool, they got um, called like N-word lovers, stuff mm. like that. And uh, um, what, what ended up happening was once they found out they were the Jackson family, the Jackson Five and related to all of them, that then they were like, oh, that's cool. Like, hey, can I get a can I get a ticket to your uncle's concert? And like everyone was what fine. Yeah. yeah. And then but this was I don't know. This was a long time ago. Like. You know, yeah. I don't. I, it's like you know, I don't know when, but it's like it's not recent, you know. But when they were, I think what he was trying to say is like even in California, where you think it's a mm-hmm. liberal, accepting, inclusive state, like yeah. it wasn't that way not too long ago. There, there was an area near Sacramento called El Dorado Hills, yeah. And I found it out out about this through a friend, and I guess like he had a friend who was trying to buy a house out there, but when he was buying the house. Or the property, um, he looked at. He looked through the contract or whatever before he bought it, and there was a clause still in Eldorado Hills where it said that people of color couldn't move into Eldorado Hills. Oh, did you know the suburbs was an actual thing to get? It's like for white flight out of the city. Oh, really? Yeah, because uh, minorities and black people, well, mainly they couldn't own cars. So when they started moving into the cities to get clo- to be closer to their jobs and stuff like that, um, you know, white people didn't like that. Mainly because of the difference in culture and way of life, yeah. right? So they wanted like an area that was gated and, and stuff. So a lot of suburbs and gated communities was a way for them to have their own lifestyle. But oh. then they could commute to work to the city. I was watching this whole shit about it. I was like, dang, I didn't know the history of it was that. Because um, I remember like, so Gardena, California is is a highly – like. Now it's a lot of black and Mexicans, but back in the day, it used to be a lot of Japanese farmers. Yeah. And they told me the history of it was 
back then, the South Bay, a lot of that area was farmland. So now it's all covered in suburbs. Oh. But when I say back then, I'm only talking about 1950. Oh, shit. That's not even that long ago. It's not that long ago because my my friend's uh, grandpa owned land there and all that. And he was telling me about the history. And he he was like, well, there were things called – fuck, I forgot the name. But it's like – it's this rule, right? And it's called a something town. But there's this rule that like when when the sun goes down and it's like sunset, then all the black people have to go. So during the daytime, black people can come and they can shop and they can work there and they can do whatever. But then when it when it turns like, oh, it's about it's curfew or whatever, the sun, you know, it's sunset and then they have to go back to their neighborhoods and stuff like that. But back, I think um, back then that, you know, like the the Compton and all the areas that are like the hood, like Mm -hmm. before um, there weren't that many black people. It was like, you know white people whatever yeah and then all of the gardena area was farms and in torrance um the neighboring city and the beach cities they wouldn't rent to non-whites so yeah i mean even even asians you know like because because uh back then japanese people were like what poor farmers right Mm -hmm. but until the 80s that's when like what we're witnessing today with rich chinese mainlanders coming in and Mm-hmm. buying up all the real estate that was japanese people in the 80s and 90s oh with toyota Hunt, like yeah. all of these big companies starting to move into america so they would send all their like executives out to the california they would just buy up all the property and then that south bay area started to have more affluent japanese people palace yeah. verdes and all that stuff um but yeah i mean that's after the civil rights and after they they had those laws of like you can't do the rent thing yeah you can't do rent based off of uh if if you're not white or whatever yeah right yeah but um it's very recent like a lot of a lot of people told me these stories that are still alive today and and um you know like well we have a family friend who grew up in the midwest and he had it even worse because during elementary school like um you know right after world war ii or during or whatever they would have full grown adults chuck like rocks at them as their kids. And they would, they would have to, they, have, they would have to sprint home. As soon as the bell rang, they would have to run all the way home because like whoever saw them on the street, like these, you know, guys would just start chucking rocks, adults, kids, everybody. Damn. Yeah. Stupid chap. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And then, so what his dad did was like, he was like, well, we're, you know, they're poor farmers out there. They're like, we don't, we can't just get up and move, you know? So his dad bought them two helmets, like straight up, like. What the fuck? Yeah. So they're, so at least like when they go home, you know, they won't have their head damaged. Yeah. So every day after school, him and his little brother got together. They put their helmets on and they fucking booked it every day. They ran home. Yeah. That's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. And then like all of their Asian friends would come to school with a tag, a big tag on their shirt that says, I am not Japanese. I'm Chinese. Yeah. Because they would get fucked up because, you know, Asians look the same. So they don't know. Yeah. So they're just like, hey, I'm Chinese. I'm Japanese. I'm not one of the enemies. Oh, shit. That's (laughs) fucking crazy. Yeah. You know, I didn't realize too, like it's not that... it's only like one generation back too that yeah. kind of experienced this stuff. So it's still relatively new. Maybe it's because like a lot of people didn't talk to me about it growing up. I, and well, I, Koreans are new immigrants too, yeah. right? Or, so, I mean, you guys did go through whatever, but you don't have 
great I mean your grandpa yeah. and here t- you have more stories of like Korean War in Korea. Yeah 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 Korean yeah, yeah. cuz I have Japanese American relatives yeah. that tell me about like what happened and all that shit cuz I only have like one uncle that talks about how who talked about how he so he used to go to the school called Elk Grove High which is still around there till this day but when he went to Elk Grove High he said like people used to <laughs> old ass motherfucker he said that people would come <laughs> come and park their horses there <laughs> That's so old. <laughs> yeah, he's old, but, but you know, uh, Sacramento was a farm town, so I, yeah. I can see how that wasn't that. It's not that common. Like, you did go, your high school have a farming? Like, yeah, we had a, we had our Aggie club. Our we, we had that too because Gardena used to be a farm town. Oh yeah, see, so yeah. we had all that stuff. So he's talking about how back in the day, where he he was like the only Asian kid that was in the football team in Oak Grove. Was he big? He's he's pretty violent, dude. This guy's a oh. fucking violent motherfucker. But he's still so he has old man strength. But this guy beats my ass ever. You met him, the fucking talkative dude. Remember on Thanksgiving? Oh, Thanksgiving? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He he told us this story. He goes like, "Yo, back in my day, I was the only Asian guy in Elk Grove High." He goes, "These motherfuckers, they used to call me Chink and pull back my th- their eyes and make fun of me. You know what I would do? I bring my nunchucks and I beat the shit out of." Them. Dude, they, these old guys are no joke. Dude, yeah. I was like, what? It was, well, he was explaining to me. He was like, dude, I was the only Asian guy in that school and yeah. everybody tried to punk me. So he developed a relationship uh, or a reputation of just being a violent motherfucker. Well, you had to be. It was survival. Yeah. Right? Because. And that's how a lot of these Asian gangs started because right. of that bullying mentality. Yeah. And, it's, and that's how a lot of these gangs start because they, people eventually get tired of being picked on. And so yeah. there's always strength in numbers. Well, even some Asian gangs start because Asian Americans pick on them. Like oh, Fobs. Shit. Yeah. Like a, a big one was like after the Vietnam War, um, the Vietnamese refugees. Yeah. They, you know, uh, they were they're like all the Asian Americans were picking on the Fobs. And then they, they got together and they made Asian boys. Yeah. That's, that's so crazy because like I, I remember like some of these dudes told me stories of like, when when their older brothers who were you know they used to be gang they're reformed now they, yeah. they found a wife they had kids but they were talking about stories of like they would tell us you know back in our days like we we had to do it or we would just get bullied all the fucking time yeah. you know like it wasn't even one of those things where we were trying to be tough it's just we came from a war torn country like I saw my uncles my cousins everybody getting killed so if you come up to me and you're talking about you gonna beat me up I'm gonna fucking cut your head off it's like oh, oh shit. my god so it's it a was, different type it, of violence yeah I mean even even with white folks too yeah like i think it was just tougher yeah because um i was talking to um jess's uncle he's he's like 89 well he just passed yeah but um he was telling me when he was in high school like if he had beef with somebody and the teachers knew it his dad was a teacher they let him just they're like hey you two you end this right now go and then, like, they'll, oh, they'll, let them, they'll let them duke it out. That's some Hawaiian shit, dude. Yeah. He's like, they don't do that these days anymore. So, you know, maybe it's it's just back then, everybody was tough. Like, everybody was crazy. Yeah. Like, everyone was, they just, you know, or maybe more barbaric is the word. Yeah, they, I don't think words were an option. It's just, you fucking, no. just but, but what he said is there was a lot of honor, too. Like, they just, they duked it, it out. And, and then they're on. like, okay, okay, no more, you know? That makes sense to me because I I saw that in Hawaii a lot. Like, yeah, the first time I ever went to Hawaii, I saw uh, I was at a bar with you know with Sam and them. Yeah, 
And there's just a dude just saying, "What's up? You want you want beef, bro? You want beef? You know?" <laughs> just it's like, "What the fuck is this?" What the fuck You're talking shit in Hawaii, and it sounds it still sounds nice. I know you want beef, bro. I was like, "Man, the <laughs> I fuck want spam with subi." I was like, "The fuck? This motherfucker work in the kitchen? Or what's going on?" But you know, beef just means like you want to fight or yeah. you, got, you got a problem with me. But they they went out to the parking lot. They fucking duked it out. They were just swinging on each other. One dude got fucking knocked down. They pulled him off. He was like, what's up? They didn't really do much after that. They got up. They fucking shook hands. The dude bought him a beer and they moved on. And that's how it should be. I was like, whoa, that's, you can't just like talk shit to people. Like you yeah. just, if you're going to say some shit, you got to back it up. And they did at least try to back it up. Yeah. He got his ass beat, you know, but yeah. they, they, they kind of squashed it and move on. And this was like seven or eight years ago. And I heard it's still, you know, they had that, still that mutual respect where it's just like. So it's their culture. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in, in, I don't know if it still goes on like that, but I feel like it depends on where you're living and who you're around. There's a bunch of mokes and shit. Yeah. Still, <laughs> they're just fucking just duking it out. Yeah. But I thought that was wild because I haven't seen that in a long time. It's been a while since I've seen something like that. But we're also away from that. Yeah. And we're like older. We don't go out at night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever I go out at night, I'm reminded of like, oh, I get nervous. I don't go out because of these drunk fucks that always want to fight. It's, all that stuff. it's pretty prevalent man when um i had a cousin that came uh here to la and then she wanted to she's super young so she wanted to go out eat drink and go to these clubs i didn't go to the club but i a couple of my other cousins went with her but i left yeah but because like the moment you walk in that line there's already a bunch of dudes looking at you it's weird it's yeah. like what the fuck are you looking at you know what i mean yeah. but they're just tough guys they're sizing you up yeah i'm like what are you sizing me up man like what the fuck is the this dude but they're just looking at you like uh, like, like almost as if you're looking at the girl that they're with it's yeah like, nobody's looking at your fucking ugly ass girl dude like <laughs> they're like the- a six yeah. <laughs> like in in their little town she's like the hottest thing they've ever seen yeah. so they have to keep her protected and shit dude there was this uh joint out in sacramento called polaris so if you're from sacramento you guys know about polaris it's like an 18 and up lounge but it's technically a club but there was always these like asian thugs there i had a friend who fucking Got into a brawl inside Polare, and this fool came out, and he had like some blood on his hand. I was like, "Yo, what the fuck happened?" I fucking stabbed this motherfucker up. I was like, "You stabbed somebody?" This fool, he stabbed somebody with the fucking uh, fingernail clipper. You know the what? (laughs) The fuck? And he's bragging about that. That's what I'm saying. I was like, "You disgusting fuck!" That fool probably has an infection now. You disgusting bastard. He has toenail grease all up his body. Ugh, dude, that place was so fucking ghetto, dude. That is. I don't know. But that's the type of environment that's... I, I don't know what it is, but I think when you just smash a bunch of just young people with just high testosterone and, and alcohol together, and no purpose. Yeah. They're they're just dumb. Yeah. I, I've, I've never liked clubs, though. Me neither. Well, I did because I like seeing girls dressed up. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's what I'm saying. I think like... And I like dancing. I like dancing. I only went to clubs. I think that's like... It was a huge peer pressure thing for me. So because my yeah. friends wanted to go club and they wanted to go drinking and, and dance. Yeah. You know, once you drink, like, you, it's cool. But, you know, for me, like, after a while, I think I only probably maybe enjoyed it for about like a year or two. Yeah. But after that, I was over it. Like, I just didn't Oh, you know it what it was? It's because I went with the people that fought. <laughs> Well, because they're over there fighting. Sometimes I get in, whatever. Um, but I don't feel like the tension. Only man, some the worst was when you go in and then you have to leave and you spent like 30 minutes driving. Yeah. And you're like, I just stepped foot in this motherfucker, man. Or yeah. I was just talking to this girl. What the fuck, man? And yeah, then they're yeah, out yeah. there fighting. And it got bad, man. It got to the point where like they got too crazy and um 
they would it was just senseless violence and then they weren't just throwing hands anymore they were like shooting and fighting yo remember when we used stupid. to go to clubs and like we did you when you had to go to clubs out here in LA did you have to dress up like you had to wear a collar shirt and oh shit? well you have to because there's dress code now it's Not very le- lenient it's super now. leisurely dude yeah. like you don't have to wear a collar well, shirt because back then they knew everything was gang related so mm. they were trying people to not like they didn't want people to wear their colors they didn't want people to like you know it was like no dress shirt yeah no dress shoes you can't even come in and they wanted that upscale look even mm. though like the what early 2000s it still looked cheap <laughs> everything was swap meat shit you know that shit was uh i guess it was kind of fun back in the day but i used to I, you didn't even drink much but i used to drink a lot i didn't drink but i did drugs yeah yeah <laughs> i think you did way worse than i did i just drank a lot dude well because i can't drink i don't enjoy it yeah yeah man i had this one friend he's completely sober right mm-hmm. he recently started drinking in his late 20s but he wanted to go to clubs just to fight I was like, come on, dude, you can join a gym or <laughs> yeah. every time he's like, you want to go to the club? And I'm like, so you want to pay $20 so you can start fighting somebody inside of a club? You fucking crazy ass. Dude, I, it's so funny because I don't, I don't think, I think that if I grew up uh, with better people around me, yeah. I don't think I would have gotten in that much trouble just because like I, those are the people that I related to. So <clears throat> I have a friend back at home. We, so we used to go to this place. Uh, at, I think she's in jail now because she was like selling weed when it was illegal but she had a shit ton she had like a sativa shit yeah and that's like when sativa wasn't even that big like yeah. it, was, it, it just started popping so she was like growing in that shit huh all in her backyard and uh <clears throat> her name was like her name was mama wendy's what we called her so she had this uh <clears throat> house and in sacramento when you go down this road called uh bradshaw it's just a bunch of like farmland yeah and then there's like random houses so huh. she had one of those homes oh but with she, a lot of land yeah so mm. she was one of those ladies that would allow young kids to come through and just party at oh joint, that's dope right so people would just be doing drugs and drinking and yeah. shit and my, like i didn't do drugs or anything else like that but because my friends would go there so i would be kicking it with them and every fucking time without fucking fail there would be a fight there every fucking they're gonna time. fucking ruin the spot yeah so yeah. i'm there and it would always be on some shit like where because we knew mama wendy yeah. very well so mama wendy we always wanted to be you know how, how like thugs are very respectful towards like people they really like yeah so for we would be there and then there'd be some random people trying to roll up and yeah. come through but you know drinks aren't free we yeah. don't know who the fuck you are yeah so there could be 30 so or they're just like crashing the party they're trying to crash yeah. the party so without fucking fail somebody would bring somebody to come through yeah. and the next thing you know they're like Let's go. I'm like, fuck, man. And I'm a big guy. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, let's do this. And then we all have to get into a fight. And it was just like, fuck, man. So I stopped going to that place. But she, she's in jail now or some shit I hear. Damn. Yeah. yeah, man. I don't know. So sometimes I feel like when I think back, it's like, wow, what a different life. Yeah. I, I have friends still in it. They want to go out, have dinner. But they're they're all grown now. But some of the guys, they're still doing time, man. I, I um One of my buddies... This was the stupidest thing, stupidest thing, too. This was after the club. Everyone was kind of drunk, sobering up, and we were eating sundubu in K-Town. Yeah. This guy looks at him weird. They get into a yelling match. The other guy didn't want to back down. He pulls out a knife, and he starts stabbing him in his throat. <gasps> Cameras everywhere. What the fuck? Yeah. That's fucking crazy, I dude. fucking ran out of there. I was like, you guys are fucking nuts, man. Yeah. And then... The last draw for me was we were we were going into a parking lot after the club, and then um, 
uh, well, no, we were going into a park. Well, first we went, we we're going to go to a restaurant and then one of the girls doesn't like this other girl. So they got in a fist fight and the security kicked us out. So we went to another restaurant. But in between that, someone inside of there saw was a rival to one of the guys there. So they they called his buddies. Yeah. And as we were driving out to the next restaurant, which was across the street, once we parked, we got out of the car, we got shot at. And I, and I was like, dude, I just want to have dinner with my friends. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, it gets to that point too. And um, when I was when I was going to church, um, I saw. Remember, I, I wanted to be a youth minister. Yeah. So it got to that point too. Even where like I don't even really kick it with these people anymore. Yeah. But when you see them out of nowhere, you're gonna say, "What's up?" Yeah. Right. But just even that small affiliation, you can get into trouble just being around these people because yep. of the stupid shit that they do. Yep. And it's the dumbest fucking thing. So I shit you not. So I was taking out my church kids to go bowling, right? <laughs> I'm a fucking youth minister in training. Yeah. And so I'm taking these kids out to go bowling. Uh, I see one of my homies from back in the day. I'm like, hey, kids, keep bowling, whatever. There's a couple of chaperones there. I go out. I go, I'm like, what's up? Dude, as I say what's up to him, right? Fucking dudes roll up and they just start fucking squabbling right there. And oh, I'm like, yo, what shit. the fuck is going on? Oh, shit. And so people are getting jumped. Yeah. At, and this this isn't a really great bowling alley area, but yeah, it, yeah, was, yeah. it was during a time of day where it was po- nothing was supposed to happen. Yeah. And it's, it's the cheapest spot and our church doesn't yeah. have a lot of money. So these dudes just start squabbling. Fucking cops come. I get tackled. I'm not even, I'm a yeah. pastor. I'm a youth minister. Yeah, but you're guilty by association. By association. Yeah, because you're there. They don't know who started what. Yeah. They just got to grab you and assess the situation. And I'm freaking the fuck out because, yeah. number one, I'm thinking somebody's going to get shot. Somebody's going to get stabbed. And yeah. I'm a fucking youth minister at this point. And I'm freaking out. I get tackled. And cops are so fucking mean, by the way. <laughs> well, they, they, uh, obviously, yeah. it's a very bad situation. Yeah. But the, I remember this full. This cop fucking tackled me. And he was like, stay down, faggot. I'm like, how do you know my sexual orientation? I was like, why is the guy calling me a faggot? Like, I thought about it after. But yeah, we're sitting yeah. there. But I'm cool because, like, the other dudes, like, you know, they put you to the back of the car. We're all sitting down. We're cuffed, you know, and real quick. And these guys are like, yo, he's not even a part of this. Like, he's a, I'm like, I'm yeah. a youth minister. My kids are inside. Yeah. And so all the guys are like, yeah. nah, he's not a part of us. Like, he's just, I'm like, sitting, I'm like, my kids are inside. Like, yeah. I'm a chaperone. I'm a youth minister. Yeah. And so they fucking let me go and they uncuffed me. And I was like, the fuck is going on? That shit was so weird. I was like, dude, even if I talk to one of them, this, yeah. this happens. And that's what I mean by you just have to be around a good group of people. Yeah. They don't They don't give a fuck. Yeah. People don't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you, I don't know, when you grow up with them, I think like for those that are listening and you have friends like that and you're kind of stuck and you don't know where to go. I remember feeling more comfortable with them than mm. with like people that are like old Navy people. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) just like regular people. Like when I, when I started hanging out with regular people, I felt, I actually felt intimidated. Oh, really? Not like scared of them. Of course it's not, it's a different, it's like, it's like not fitting in, you know, like when you're so used to a certain kind of world and like what's cool to them, Mm. you know? And then when you start going to college and you start hanging out with like normal people, right? Like, um, I feel like I'm not good enough or it's weird, dude. It's like, it's almost like you're poor and you walk into a rich, rich restaurant. You feel like you feel out of place. You know, that that's what it felt like for me when I went to uh, UCR. Uh, like oh, really? When I went you to see yours ghetto as fuck, though. Exactly. But that's the crazy thing, <laughs> yeah. right? So, like, just that university life, because a lot of, like, UCR students at that time, it was a bunch of kids who couldn't get into UCLA and they would go to UCR. Now, mind you, I'm not sure if, like, academia is in 
is something that they care about a lot. But there were a lot of people who grew up with money that went to UCR. Yeah. I don't know what that life is like at all. Huh. So I had the hardest trouble like relating to a lot yeah. of these people. So the people that I can relate to, actually, he just texted me today. Like, for example, there's a friend named Tony. Tony grew up in Gardena like you did. Oh, yeah. I could relate to Tony. Yeah. Now, Tony's kind of a dweeby dude, right? Yeah. So Tony, he was like a magnet kid. Yeah. He was one of those like hyper intelligent magnet kids. He did the whole... Um, like when I when we graduated college, he's so fucking smart. He got this S2K and he wanted to figure out how to I think he turned the it was an automatic at, at the time and he turned it into a manual car and he just figured it out without looking up at anything. Oh shit. So he could disassemble some shit and oh, rebuild fuck. it. Fucking smart as shit. That's crazy. So, but because even though he's like highly intelligent and kind of a dweeb, shout out to you, Tony. Sorry you're a dweeb. But <laughs> he because he grew up in a very similar type of like lifestyle and area, yeah. I can relate to him way more. We could talk yep. about things. I can like just just Two people being poor together can relate way more than somebody else who grew up and had more than me. Exactly. Yeah. And I think beyond race, how you grew up, like, like the type of culture, like mm. not even just like ethnic culture, but like a lot of culture is like because it, it, it it's created because of like how much money you make. Yeah. You know, like like service industry families, like, you know what I mean? Blue collared or whatever. That's why I think I connect way more with people that that used to be broke and then they made something of themselves versus someone that was born and raised in, a, in that rich crowd. Because, like, there's a ton of Asians that are, like, rich or upper middle class. And, you know, I do have some friends that are like that, but I could never get too close because we can't just see eye to eye sometimes. It's just different. Yeah, their, their world, how they solve problems, it's different than us. Yeah. Like how they tackle things, it's way different. It's different. Yeah, how they think, their idea of loyalty. I mean, their idea of like what your commitment to friendship is and all that. It's they don't see eye to eye. Like, I mean, we don't see eye to eye. They do in their world, you know? So, and I think that's what prevents us to from being super close. And there, there might be some diamonds in the rough. And I think it's the same for them too. But for me, like, I'm just more comfortable around people that's, like, lower middle class or they grew up that way and they're not anymore. Because um, I don't link – I don't I don't connect with people that stayed that way. Yeah. I just I, – it's like, but if you if you were that or you grew up that way and you went to college or you 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 elevated in life somehow, like, for example, Jess, my, my girlfriend, right? Like, she um, – she used to tell me that the guys that she dated – never wanted to listen to her past and they she they made her feel like she was tainted hmm. that she wasn't this like pure person with a with a normal nuclear family and yeah. shit like they didn't want to hear about her broken home family and all that shit and for me i feel closer to her because of that shit because i feel like yeah because yeah, we relate to that and i'm all oh fuck yeah you had to struggle like that too like that brings me closer to you versus like i don't if this girl's hella sheltered and she's never been through anything close to what I've been through and then she might take shit for granted, then I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I can't connect with her the way that I could connect with this girl. You know what I mean? Can I tell you guys something? Can I tell you what this Genius Brain podcast is brought to you by? I think it's Skillshare. Multiple notes for no damn reason. So if you guys don't know what Skillshare is, Skillshare is an online learning community for creators with more than 25,000 classes in design, business, and more. You'll discover countless ways to fuel your curiosity, creativity, 
and career. So basically what I'm saying is that if you have a new passion out there, you have a side hustle that you want to start or begin, um, this is a great way to go at it. Skillshare basically gives you that knowledge at your motherfucking fingertips, my friends. So for me, the classes that I'm taking right now specifically have to do with photography because photography is something that I like to do on the side. And because I did it through an apprenticeship uh, back in the day, uh, there's a lot of uh, I guess you could say like fundamental basics that I don't know and going through these courses helped me out and it kind of adheres to the way that I like to learn, which is on my own time. So a lot of the times when you go through traditional courses or classes, sometimes it's a little derived and it doesn't teach you the things that you want to learn. What with Skillshare, it has like your own library and you could, you know, fast forward or rewind or learn however the hell you want. So that's why I fuck with Skillshare a lot. So remember people, join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. You get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering Genius Brain listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash brain. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash brain to start your two months now. That is Skillshare.com slash brain. When you guys are on there, let me know the courses that you're taking. If you like it, let me know in the comments below because you know what? I fucks with it. I'm using it. And trust me, people, my photo skills is getting up there. Skill share. Dude, even something small like um, going to a restaurant and watching some of these people that I met in college and yeah. how they treat people people in the service industry yeah. was a big factor for me. Yeah. Because I knew a lot of people that were in the service industry. My parents own their own business and mm-hmm. I we do customer service and customer relations. So when I – like something small like, for example, let's say um, I got a dish and – some people might think this is, you know, me just not speaking up about stuff. But how I see it, how I see a lot of things when I go into a restaurant is I see small business owner trying to pay their rent. Yes. And, yeah. yeah. You go, well, okay, I'm not in an American restaurant. I'm in a immigrant owned restaurant. Yeah. I'm in their world. This is their standard. Like I know what their standards are and I'm not going to be able to address this with them. Like you, you could assess the situation. Yeah. Like for example, if you got a fucking... I don't know, like like cilantro. When you ask for no cilantro or whatever, and then yeah. it comes out, you're like, motherfucker, I said no cilantro. You could ask them, but yeah. they might argue with you, but you yeah. got to be okay with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like time and place. Like, where are you at? Yeah. If you, because I would be pissed if that shit happened at an American restaurant. Yeah. And I was like, you could understand English, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> like, it, I definitely have that, that empathy towards like smaller business people, yeah. you know? And even something small, like, Going out with a friend and they, uh, let's say I, I got a dish and it came out like five minutes later than theirs. Yeah. That doesn't bother me. No. You know? But I've seen like friends who are like, yo, I can't believe your dish is coming out way later. I need, let me talk to the manager real quick. And I'm like, what? I don't, I don't know if that's really worth it here in this situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what is that going to do? Is what that, is that going to fix? You're going to get a discount? Like what the fuck? Yeah. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like for them, it's like a sense of responsibility that they feel like they need to fix that restaurant or whatever it is. Yeah. But for me, I see it as, you know, if I make this person, let's say like they even mess up one part of my dish and I tell them to throw this out and make another dish. I'm like, fuck, that's money out of their pocket. But I could eat this and still enjoy it. Yeah. So I, I weigh out stuff like that. But if somebody yeah. who grew up where they thought that I don't want, it's not like so much that a silver spoon is in their mouth, but if they were told that the whole world works this way and it's supposed to work for you only, yeah. then they're not going to have that empathy. And that's something I think that we have being like number one, like uh, 
people who just didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. We, we understand what that struggle is like. Yeah. And we understand that that food comes from somewhere. Right. That's why sometimes I have uh, issues with Yelp reviews. Like they 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 rate these restaurants that are family-owned businesses, right? And it, let's say like they didn't like their food that – they thought it was okay, yeah. right? But for them, they write a review thinking like, oh, this is just a hobby of mine and I want to review uh, restaurants. But they're also not thinking. It's like when you gave that restaurant a two-star, right? Two-star because you thought that it wasn't as good as a different Thai restaurant or something. And you brought their four to a three-star. That could be potentially hundreds of customers that you're preventing from going to that restaurant. Exactly. It's it's a pretty big fucking deal. But people don't see it like that. So for me, when I write these Yelp reviews, and I still do every now and then. I don't use my name. But I, I either give somebody a four and a five. Or if it's if you get a one, it's because you I hate you. Like you go to hell. Like your food was bad. You called me a chink or, or, <laughs> yeah, some, or something some really bad. Yeah, but other than that, I'm like if it's if it, it was average food, just leave it alone. Leave, let, leave the restaurant alone. You know. I could. I think I've only written three one star reviews in my whole lifetime. Yeah, and I can remember every single one. One was that fucked up restaurant that closed down remember those mean um ladies oh the korean restaurant. la family yeah korean barbecue <laughs> la family that's they exactly. were so mean Yo, dude. family my ass dude that was fucked up they closed down rightfully so right and we tried to we, we tried to accommodate to them yeah i was trying to service them being nice <laughs> as fuck and then they were just insulting yeah like talking shit to our face and laughing at us and that was some fucked up <laughs> shit dude that was one two i caught a restaurant Cheating, cause I was a uh, I was counting my macros, so I had a food scale with me. Yeah. So I went to this uh, crab joint, right? And then, um, you know, I would weigh out my food, and I'm like, oh fuck, like this crab leg is like half the the. I'm supposed to get a pound of crab. Yeah. This one's only half a pound. Oh shit! Right? And I told him like, hey, you know, uh, just to let you know, I don't know how you guys are measuring this, but this is half a pound of crab. Yeah. They immediately got defensive. Yeah. They were like, no, it's a pound. Your scale is tricked. You're, you're, it's wrong. And I'm all like, I'm like, hey, I'm still going to pay the same amount. I'm just letting you know yeah. that this is half a pound. And it says here, I'm showing you on the scale. They're like, no, you're trying to trick me with that scale. And I'm like, all right, dude. Yeah. I'm like. I'm not even, okay, fuck you. You know, that's all I said. I was like, fuck it, dude. I'm just going to write a review. And then I weighed out all the seafood. It was all skim, dude. And I was like, why why are you such a piece of shit? Like, why do you cheat your customers? Yeah. And then get defensive. Because you know how he could have remedied it? He could have been like, oh, shit, really? Go back, fill it up. And guess what? You could have cheated maybe your other customers. Yeah, maybe not me. But like. You know, fix the problem, but like yeah. I don't know, he took it really offensive, and I was I was like, I'm not even trying to like fight, dude. I'm just like, I'm gonna you pay know. the whole bill. I just want yeah. to let you know, like you guys mismeasured this shit. Yeah, yeah. And then another one, um, fuck, what was the other one? Ah, oh, shit. I guess I didn't remember all three. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, like I could, I could, if it didn't leave a big impression, I don't care. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah, and you know, like. To some of these Yelpers credits, like when when they do bring up big problems, it does help, you know, but I just wish sometimes it's like 
you should have addressed it to the restaurant instead yeah. of writing it on the Yelp, and yeah. they can't even help fix the problem that you had. Yep. All you had to do was say, "Excuse me, like this is this how it normally is?" Or yeah. blah 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 blah. And if they can't remedy it, then maybe you could talk about that during your Yelp review. Yeah. But what the problem is is every people don't give an opportunity to fix a problem. Yeah. Because yeah, restaurants aren't perfect. People yeah. aren't perfect. You're not perfect. And We're not the, perfect. And if the food was just disgusting, yeah. then yeah, you have. I feel yeah. like write it, write it. You know, like I don't know. Yeah, I, I do think that restaurant culture, because we're a melting pot, is very different in America. Yeah, and you can't apply like I always think if you, especially if you go to an ethnic place, you cannot apply. You can't expect American culture in that restaurant. I'm mm. looking at it like I'm going inside, like the fucking um, what do you call it? Like a like a emissary or like a oh yeah yeah you know like a ambassador yeah. like a I know what you're talking about yeah. Wow, I've got the, the UN or whatever. Yeah, 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 it's like I I feel like as I as I open the door, I'm stepping foot into that country. Yeah. And whatever their rules go, they they go there. Yeah, because it's like like I even read reviews, like I'm just bringing it back to Thai restaurants because I was just looking at a review for this place. Yeah. But somebody wrote, Yeah, I ordered their papaya salad and it was completely inedible. It was way too hot. I'm like, bitch, it's fucking Thai food, bitch. It's yeah. Thai chilies. It's supposed to fucking burn your spirit. That's what that food is for. You can't tell somebody how spicy Thai food should be when you're not of that culture. That's what that food is. Everybody knows fucking th- they call them fucking Satan dick peppers. Like right. what, what did you what did you do? It's funny because they think their opinion is the right one. Yeah. Because I remember I was looking at one of these sushi restaurants. I think it was Nozawa's or um, basically it was it was all nigiri. Yeah. Right. And then in one of the reviews, they're like, what kind of sushi restaurant doesn't have California rolls? (laughs) What the fuck? See, that's what I'm saying. And I'm like, oh. Are you fucking dumb? Yeah. You go to Japan and order a California roll. They're going to be like, what's that? Yeah. Is it weird? What the fuck that is? Like, I even read this place. So this is joint out in K-Town called Boo's Philly Cheesesteak. And it's uh, it's by this Korean-American guy who yeah. started up a Philly cheesesteak joint because his dad wanted cheesesteaks because he's from Philly. But uh, nobody had a good cheesesteak here. Oh. And that's how a lot of these restaurants pop up that are great. Yeah. They create stuff that they can't have that they want. Yeah. And so they made a dope cheesesteak. And this lady wrote this review. And she was like, I can't believe people eat at this place. It's just all cheese and meat and it's grease. I, it's disgusting. And I'm like, bitch, that's a cheesesteak, bitch. That's exactly what a Philly cheesesteak is. That's what people like about With it. Cheap cheese whiz. Yeah. You know, like, what did she, I was like, what did you, what the fuck did you expect? That's what a Philly cheesesteak is. It's not for is. you. Yeah, it's not for you. Yeah. That's what it is. It's not for you. That's it. <laughs> That's so funny, dude. Like, you can't complain. But see, I think this is the thing. When it comes to music, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we kind of have this where, like, you'll have, um, I don't know, like, you'll have, like, college age boys complaining about, Justin Bieber or like yeah. or like or like teeny bobber music. And it's like, it's not for you, motherfucker. What are you why are you complaining? Like yeah. this is romantic music for the ladies or whatever. Yeah. It, but we don't have that for food. Yeah. Cause food, we have this culture of we make it the way you like it. That's the American restaurant culture. Yeah. Right? Like customers king, customers always right. Service is good. Like it's all about, oh, like uh, it's all about customization. Yeah. Hold the pickles. I want this. I want that. Add more mayo. That's the way I like my mm. burger. Right. And and I think that I call it howly mentality. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like they forget that outside of that, there's a whole lot more going on. You know, um, 
a lot of people who go to Japan, they compare like Japanese service to American service. They go, when I go to Japan, they're super polite. Things are done this way and we get our food like that. I was like, well, also in Japan too, they have that, that omakase style stuff. It's like- And I, you don't customize shit in exact, Japan. That's why you get it yeah. fast. There's a system set There's for a it. Sy- yeah, you fuck up the system. It makes things slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people don't understand that too. And then we also talk about stuff like, they go, well, in Japanese, they make a living wage, da, 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 da. And I'm like, well, that's true too. But did you see the type of service that they give so there's a, there's a balance to things yeah. right so if you like if you want to work a part-time job like a dumbass then you're, you're going to get a dumbass's wage yep. but i'm pretty sure you're not having japanese service attention to detail and doing the amount of responsibilities that they have so yep. they get paid according to their work ethic and they stuff. work hard, hard. <laughs> yeah. damn dude they're doing the job of three people yeah they do it's sad to me. I'm like, I don't want to work like that. Did, did you eat horse with us in Japan? No. Nope. Yeah. So we were at, the, yo. So it was me. I think it was like me, Casey, and I can't. I think it was Aunt too. So we went to this uh, barbecue, uh, Japanese barbecue joint, and when we walked in, I didn't realize it was horse until I looked at the diagrams, and I was like, yo, that fucking cow looks really skinny. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh shit, this is a horse restaurant. Because you guys wanted Japanese barbecue. Yeah. yeah. And so first of all, fucking delicious yeah horse meat is fucking good dude i need to be eating horse all the time fuck those animals so <laughs> that shit's bomb dude so yo so we, we couldn't speak japanese and she couldn't speak english but i'm talking about her service was so on point every time she spoke she kept saying sorry because she couldn't speak english I'm yeah like, I'm in Japan. You don't have to apologize for anything. Yeah. If anything, I should know how to speak Japanese. Yeah. But she was just like, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. I thought her neck was going to fucking fall off, dude. <laughs> she kept on, sorry, 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 sorry. So we were just doing the Google Translate and didn't yeah. ask him for what we wanted. But I, I, I was kind of shocked. I was like, damn, dude. Even when we're in their country speaking a foreign language, she's apologizing for not knowing how to speak my language. Yeah. That's fucking crazy, dude. It's just... um. It's a difference in culture, right? Yeah. Like I think in America, we feel that everybody should assimilate to us. Yeah. Because technically what makes you an American is a state of mind, not your race. Mm. So it's it's like if you believe in the freedoms, you know, capitalism and and, and those at least those rules, I think yeah. I think that's what technically is an American, right? And then um, so like when you come here, that's why I think a lot of people are like, oh, you should be more American, speak more English, do this. And, and there's a fine line because it's like, well, should we whitewash or should we hold on to some culture? Yeah. And, and that's where the debate is. Right. But then I think there's so many immigrants coming in. We, it's like, we want them to become American, but it's, for yeah. Japan and it's, and it's, and it's a world where everyone caters to us, but in Japan it's, um, you you know you're Japanese, right? Mm. There's no like, and people foreigners that are coming, you know they're coming to visit. They're not coming to stay. So, what we're mainly taught is like give the best, um, be the best host you can be. Mm. So it's it's you know, I think there's a lot of like, I bet like if you lived in a tourist world, where if Americans felt like all these foreigners that are coming are just coming to visit and enjoy the culture, mm-hmm. but not staying. They might, it might change. Oh yeah. Yeah. It yeah. might be like, yeah, come on in, spend your money, have fun. Okay. Bye. Yeah. I hope you had a great time here. Yeah. You know, cause Japan and I think Iceland are like the two last ethno 
you know, non-diverse country ever. Mm. They're like 90% Japanese or one race. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and then it's, and it's a service. It's like a, what do you call it? Like, like it's a people first kind of culture, right? So mm-hmm. it's like you, you think of others first. That's how you become a better human being, not yeah. yourself. I think out here, it's all about, it's, it's a little more selfish compared to that. Mm-hmm. It's all about independent thinking. What are my rights? My thoughts. Yeah. You cultivate my freedom. You know, it's all my thoughts. Mm. But out there, it's more, it's more like, oh, we have a guest. How can I make it the most comfortable as possible? Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, fuck, man, I took English classes. I know I could have done better. You know, because you, because you were telling me too, when you were in Japan with Jess, uh, Jess felt really weird wearing the kimono. Yeah. But it was during, it was an area where everybody was wearing that shit. And that was like something that people want tourists to wear. Yeah. She didn't want to take the pictures because she felt weird as a white woman, like wearing cultural things. Yeah. Because I think just it's, it's... hella sensitive in america right like yeah. like i don't know like she, she's like fuck how are other asians gonna feel about it i feel uncomfortable and i'm like look you're fucking beautiful wearing that thing my mom is the one that wants to put you in that outfit yeah because my mom never had a daughter she always wanted a daughter and um she got two boys <laughs> like, yeah fuck. she got two boys and then the reason why she wanted to put jess in a kimono is because it's like a mother-daughter thing that you do when a when a girl oh. turns a woman so it's like a japanese quinceanera right mm. when a woman i think it's in her 20s or something yeah but when she becomes a certain age um the cut of the kimono changes Oh, and then so the mom and the daughter go together. And back in the day, it was like the mom would like buy this outfit for her. And it was like a big thing. Mm -hmm. Like you're becoming a woman now, you know? Mm -hmm. So like um, and and now the way that they do it in Japan is like at that age, like girls, they wear that kimono. Now you could wear the kimono with a long sleeve or whatever. And then you take pictures and Mm -hmm. then like you kind of memorize that moment. So she wanted to do that with Jess. And then mm-hmm. Saul's like telling Jess, this is a special thing for, for her, you know, and it's not, it's nothing to worry about. And if you walk around on the streets, like Japanese people love it when you celebrate their culture. They don't go like, man, why the fuck are you making a mockery of us? Yeah. They're like, come along, black people, <laughs> white people, everybody come over, wear, fucking, wear our clothes, drink our f- drinks and, and eat and, our food. And it's not like Jess is wearing the kimono in Japan, talking to Japanese people about what it should mean to them. No. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, 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 there's, it has a very different narrative. You know, it's not yeah. her wearing it to tell people like, oh, I'm Japanese and I'm going to teach you about Japanese culture. It's like, yeah. no, this is a tourist thing to do and they want you to experience yeah. this part of Japan. And I don't, but I don't blame her for her like, insecurity for of course, that i think american media definitely fucked american up, right? yeah. yeah and then they make white people afraid to enjoy culture sometimes yeah and i'm like damn that sucks man like that girl with the uh the chinese dress when she was on twitter right yeah dude she looks so pretty in that dress and that yeah. fucking dumbass asian kid was yeah. like yeah, you fucking, my culture is not your costume you fucking nerd shut the fuck up dude shut i know i hate fools like that and it's so stupid too because like i mean they even went back into his tweets and he was dropping N bombs like a motherfucker, yep. dude. So so who the fuck are you, you piece of trash? And then on top of that, yo, did you hear like Chinese press are like, what's the problem? <laughs> right? They were like, what's the fucking problem? I don't and, get it. And that's the kind of shit that makes Asian Americans look stupid. Yeah. When stupid fuckers like that are out there, like they're fucking dumb as hell. And then they're like trying to champion some type of like message. 
Yeah. There was this one Filipino girl, right? Like um, Ubisoft or whatever. Yeah. They, they were coming out with this game and um, there was this white guy doing taiko drums, mm. right? But the funny thing is, so this bitch, of course, was mad. She was like, why couldn't they find a Japanese, like authentic guy yeah. doing taiko drums, right? This bitch is so stupid. This white guy is a actual musician in Japan who studied this for oh, over shit. like 30 years. Yeah. And he's celebrated in Japan because like he's like he's, the hot guy to do it. He's, he's hot. Good. Yeah. 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 And then and then she's like, oh my God, I couldn't believe they couldn't find a Japanese person to do that. I'm like, Japanese people don't even fucking care. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Like to me, I'm like, who cares? Yeah. That's not that's not the problem. The problem is when you have a when you have a Japanese story and then like you have to like put a white guy in it. And bit you're like, Filipino, bitch. What the fuck? I know she fucking That's so fucking wild. Right? But I mean there are there are whitewashing of things. Yeah. It happens. Mm-hmm. So these idiots don't know what to look for. Yeah. But like don't point the finger at the people that are on our side. And you know what's kind of crazy, you know, especially with that Chinese dress thing, right? Like I've seen that dress be worn by plenty of people in my high school, dude. Black like, people, yeah, Mexicans, black people. whatever. Yo, yo, I don't know how many fucking black girls you know named China, but I know a lot of black <laughs> girls named China or Asia. Yeah. Like their name, that's like a common black girl name, yeah. like Asia. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Like, you know, so it never really bothered me. And there was a hot minute in the 2000s where everybody, every every chick was putting chopsticks in their hair. Yeah. That shit was huge. It didn't bother me. It didn't make me think. I'm like, okay, I don't know why you would eat your food with that and put it in your hair, but all right. It's yeah. what, it, what it is, you know? But it never really bothered me. And I, you know, I understand, you know, people not wanting somebody to take something from their culture and take credit from it. Like, I, I kind of get it. I do. Yeah. But I also see it as... We're fucking America, dude. Like we're it's a, a melting pot. It's a melting yeah. pot like a motherfucker. Yeah. Isn't out of everywhere that is that is supposed to happen in this world? Don't you think it would happen here? Right. Like we're all like a mix of all these different cultures, and we're picking and choosing from from each other all the fucking time. Yeah. I only care if if they're authentically celebrating shit. Yeah. Or they're just being an idiot and mimicking. Like so, for example, like um, like the like the taiko drum guy or. Or you know the Ivar Ramen or whatever. Oh yeah, I, I, Ivan. Yeah, Ivan Ramen, or like people that even if they fetishize Asian shit, if they did the work and they studied it for forty years and they love it to death, there is that freedom too. I think so, dude. I you know, know, like who the fuck cares? Let dude, him do it, dude. Ivan Orkin, that motherfucker. Yeah. Dude, he married a Japanese woman, opened up a popular Japanese restaurant. Yeah in japan and he speaks japanese yeah and has fucking japanese kids what the fuck do you want from him dude yeah like what else do you want from this guy now i don't care if if because it's it it takes people like that to bridge the culture together yeah you know and it's, it's so so funny too because i remember watching his stuff on uh in, on netflix and in the, the docuseries like his final statement was he goes he goes a lot of people are telling me that you know I hear some stuff where they might say like this isn't authentic ramen. He goes, "Well, why don't you open up a fucking restaurant in Japan?" He goes, "Then you come talk to me." Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's shit. gangster. It's true though. Yeah. It's like, well, how are you an authority about a food that you've never made, created, yep. apprenticed under, or anything? But I've done the work and I'm creating this dish out of respect. And then now you're telling me just because you're Asian that you know what a better ro- a bowl of ramen is because of the, the the color of your skin. Yep. 
Like that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I know. You know, I see this dude. He did the work. He did the apprenticeship. It's racist to think that someone that isn't of that culture can make it good. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Even when that whole fud thing happened, right? The yeah. guy who did the whole fud <laughs> was so funny. People yeah. were so mad, and yeah. then you know I got a little bit of flack because I defended the guy. Because if let's say that dude wasn't white, right? And yeah. He was a Vietnamese guy. Everybody would have been like, yeah, that's how you really eat Vietnamese food. That's yeah. how you're supposed to do it, son. But but all they saw was the color of his skin, and they go, he's he can't say that shit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but it's not like he was off. Like even when I eat a bowl of pho, I don't put like a bunch of fucking hoisin and uh, sriracha in that shit yeah. first. I taste that shit first. Yeah, I taste the broth first. That's how yeah. I was told to do it, anyways. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, I, I relate to guys. Oh, I fuck with this guy. Like he yeah. knows what's up. I think I think what people don't want is people don't know anything about Vietnamese people mm. already, right? So they don't want the white guy to speak for them. Yeah, because there's plenty of Vietnamese Americans. I get that. But they, people also have to understand that it takes these brave white people to first care about it to talk to their other white people. Yeah. And then the more people get into it, they'll get into the true shit. Yeah. Like that's what happened to sushi. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, Everybody yeah. in the 80s was like, ooh, sushi, raw fish, gross. Yeah. Now it's like the most fucking expensive thing now it's like high society food you know all the richest and famous white people want to fucking eat it but it wasn't always like that right but it's like you got to understand the evolution of how things get to where they are you can't you can't you can't be like no 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 like we you know it has to be us all the time there's just also this kind of like this level of fucking snobbery with food sometimes too you know like you know, because you, know, you know we eat at a lot of like dope restaurants, specifically specifically because we live in LA. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I, I'm not going to have a McDonald's soft serve. You know, I know, right? Like pe- people talk <laughs> about food that they've eaten their whole lives, like it's trash now because now they're elevated in their food. Like, yo, chill, like calm the fuck down. Like I'll make like, like an edge lord underground motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like I'll cook like a dope meal, right? But then I guarantee you, when you guys eat the food that I make, I'm eating a bowl of kimchi and rice. You know? Me too. <laughs> like, I'm like, this is good, you know? Yeah. So, I, you know, there's there's snobbery to that shit. It's like, you like what you like, man. Yeah. Like, I love a good fast food taco sometimes. Yeah. It's like, who the fuck cares? Like, do you only eat at fucking fancy restaurants? Because if you do, then you don't really know food. Dude, perception is so fucking skewed because, you know, when we went to Vegas, I we ate at that Gordon Ramsay burger joint and that shit was not fucking good. It's, it's even in the Yelp reviews, yeah. right? But all they saw in that video was me making fun of this burger and i'm a, it's a comedian's channel too by yeah. the way and i didn't like the burger and they're like oh what the fuck do you know about food did you fucking eat the burger bitch did you fucking eat the burger like Dude. If, if you didn't eat the burger then you don't have a say in this shit i'm just telling you what i feel about it you know what i mean i don't believe in michelin star ratings anymore i ate at three restaurants with uh mm-hmm. over two star one was a actual three star michelin rating all of them sucked dick <laughs> i was oh, like oh you went to uh, that i went to one in france no i went to two in france it the, the second one wasn't so bad i went to joel rubichon in vegas it wasn't good no i i, I paid almost 300 dollars. i swear to you i try to stay optimistic because of how much i paid i was like <laughs> the bread is awesome the water is delicious <laughs> I got my main entree which was salted salted beef cheeks at the end of all this shit I was like just lying to myself because of how much I paid. How so much, you're right. How much did you guys pay? Close to $300. Fuck! So I'm saying perception is true. Yeah. What the the way that it all comes out. But when I look back, the more I started to hate what I what I was like thinking. 
Because mm. I'm like, no, it didn't taste good. Why did I? Why did I say that? It's because I paid a lot of money. Man, pe- people like I don't know if people can even wrap their head around this. And I think, uh, I, and what I mean by people, I'm talking about people who are food snobs. I feel like these food snobs can't even wrap their head around this. Like I say, like have you had a sturgeon caviar before? They go, oh, fucking amazing. I'm like, really? Out of all the things that you've eaten, <laughs> this 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 fish. Now I've had sturgeon caviar, right? <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's a salty fish ball. Yeah, you eat that and you're like. Um, one of the best things I've ever eaten. <laughs> really, bro? One Are, of the best it, things. Yeah, if if you never saw that on Gordon Ramsay talking about it yeah. or some high chef and you just saw this this plate of black balls and you ate that shit, would you eat that and be like, whoa, this is fucking crazy? I bet you it's one of those things like natto. You got to be a quiet. It's got to yeah. you got to build it, right? I understand. It's good. Like, I yeah. think it tastes good. But I guarantee you, objectively speaking, this salty ball of salt water that you're eating has not is not the best thing you've ever eaten even truffle the concept of truffle right yeah. it's because it's an expensive thing you see it on every fucking cooking show right yeah but people eat anything with truffle and they're like that truffle oil though what what about it it's just i like truffle <laughs> yeah it's good but is it the most amazing it's not thing? you know i yeah, could yeah. live without and it I, I don't like i mean to me truffles meant to be subtle yeah like it's not meant to be like in like so much, you know, yeah. some people like a lot of truffle, but like, not me. Like it's just, it's just some weird, and it's okay. Like if you have truffle too, and you say I don't like it, it's okay. Nothing's wrong with your taste buds. Yeah. You just don't like, you don't fuck with it. That's yeah. all that it is. That's very true. Yeah. Like when I say like, oh, you don't like this, you're trash. It's a joke. Like I don't actually think that no. person's trash, but people take it too seriously now. Like oh my god, you don't, you don't like fucking uh, sushi. You don't like raw fish. You're fucking your 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 palate's not elevated, or they just don't like it. Yeah, or they just don't like it. Yeah, is what it is. And a a lot of people can't break down why something is good. Yeah, because I feel like the better you are as an artist, you can break down the reasons for why you like this sensation. Because it's Mm -hmm. all a sensation, right? It's like, oh, I like the texture, or oh, I like this kind of taste. Like I like crunchy textures, or whatever it is, right? And a lot of food snobs, have you noticed? They don't cook. Yeah. They don't fucking cook, dude. They just go around eating, fucking talking, but they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. To me, they remind me of those uh, fake art snobs that walk around contemporary art museums and talk about the artist's motivation and this and that. And I'm just like, but you motherfuckers don't even paint either. Yo, if there's a food snob, the thing I want to do too is like... We got to start that fucking food app. Like, <laughs> Let's do it, dude. You know, oh, my God. We want to start this fucking food app. It's yeah. like Yelp where you could rate these restaurants or businesses, but there's open communication for the users to talk shit to each other, too. Yes. And they get to up and down vote whatever the fuck they say. I think it's good. Yeah, because yeah. there, there has to be that type of communication because it's not fair that the restaurant just sits there and gets beat down. Yeah, it, it's it's really not. Yeah, it's yeah. not fair. People should be able be able to open communicate because even like the YouTube comments are fucking cancer. But I wouldn't take it away because you learn a lot. Actually, you, yeah, yeah, you do. There, there needs to be that open type of communication too. And I feel like too, yeah. if you're and I, I have this, I want to put this thing like if if you're using the app and you have over a thousand reviews on it, you're just labeled as a loser. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it just says you get, you get the fucking loser tag. That's what you get, dude. That's. We got to do it, man. I really do want that, man. I, I want to do it. I'd fucking promote the fuck out of it. Because I want, I want, I want to get recommended to a place because it tastes good. 
Yeah. That's all I fucking care about. There should be a separate, separate, we're thinking about like having a separate review rating too. So it's not like this cumulative, like three or four star score. No, it's like it's, per thing, ambiance for lo- or place. Food serving, like yeah, service. food service. Like, do they talk to you, whatever? Because I don't give a fuck about food service. Yeah. So as long not, as they're not mean. Yeah. So it's about like you being able to judge a place for the rating that you care about the most. Yeah. So it's like, I care about this place because the fucking food is amazing. The service is trash, but I don't really give a fuck. I just want to eat that food. Yeah. And a lot of these restaurants do have that quality where service is not on point. Like specifically um, uh, mom and pop stores. A lot of Chinese restaurants. Yeah. Because it's just service service is different in their culture yeah which to me i got used to because i grew up in a chinese neighborhood yeah so it's just different yeah and people write yeah. in reviews too they go oh i would give it like a 3.8 out of 3.5 maybe but i gave it a three instead of this well why don't we do it separately where it's you give them a five for the food you give them the three for the service yeah and the whatever the the one for the cleanliness because it's a chinese restaurant <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> people could decide whether they want to go to it or not. That's yeah. what I think anyways. Oh yeah, I love Chinese food, man. It's so good. See, they're I think I think they cut to the chase. They're like, does it taste good? Yes. Let's do it. Move on. Yeah. Does it look good? Fuck no, but it tastes good. I <laughs> know. You want some butt ankle soup? Yeah. <laughs> I know that cow head, the eyeballs looking at you, but that's good luck. <laughs> Oh shit, it's an hour in. All right. There we go, guys. Well, that fucking concludes another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Remember, everybody, if you guys want to catch us, Thursday and Sundays are the upload days. You can catch us on Castbox, iTunes, Stitcher, uh fucking Spotify, wherever you want. Remember, we're a podcast of just about conversation and just having fun. So take us along with your days. Uh Joe will be on here uh as soon as possible every Thursday. So it's gonna yep. be me and Joe section on Thursdays. And so leave a comment down below on anything you guys want us to talk about because we read all the comments and we go based off of what is highly requested. Yeah, uh, the, the podcast will be moving to a different room soon, so it's probably going to look a little different. But other than that, man, uh, thank you for your support. We've been getting uh, sponsors now, so uh, trying to make sure that I don't got to suck dick for a living. Thank you very much for that. Uh, appreciate it. You guys care. So. <laughs> Toodaloo, mother assholes. Peace.